Amen. <clears throat> Good morning. Man, you guys are asleep again. Let's try it again. Good morning. Man, I'm glad you're here. It's, this is a good day. I'm glad you're here. Uh, Mike just said there's a lot of things going on. We've got, we just got a lot of things going on. Trunk or treat, that's crazy. If you've never been here at Halloween and you want to see crazy, just come up that evening. Even if you don't want to volunteer, you will when you get here. Uh, and let me tell you, I've got a hook that'll get everybody. It's called funnel cakes. Do y'all know what funnel cakes are? They're of Satan, but we're going to serve them, and they're awesome. Uh, but kids, not many people get funnel cakes in their trick or treat basket, but we, it's amazing. So, a lot. People say, well, we want to be involved. Well, you, you don't have to look hard to be involved around here. There's lots and lots of opportunities. I, was, I always go back in our kids' rooms before we get started to just kind of see, because that's just so special when I see these kids' rooms. They're full again, by the way. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're packed out. So, um, Now, the, for all of those who are applauding, we need help. Uh, they're full of kids. They're not full of volunteers. So anybody, man, I'm telling you, like over the last two weeks I've told you, sometimes God's calling us to let go of the chair. And I truly believe there's people still here that are really, their knuckles are getting white because you're holding on to the chair. And this is a simple process. We're, we're going to not put you in a position where you're uncomfortable, except if you're in a room full of kids, you may be uncomfortable. But we're going to equip you with the right people around you. So if it's something on your heart, man, let go of the chair. Just let go of the chair. Because we're going to keep filling up these classrooms. I, you guys are here for the first service because the second service will have more kids than the first service. Because kids haven't got out of bed just yet. So it, it's amazing, but thank you guys for making all, all of that possible. Uh, I'm glad you're here. We, we're going to just kind of pick up where we left off last week. If you wasn't here last week, it's okay. But let me just tell you, first of all, I, I'm glad you're here today. I'm, I'm always glad you're here, but I'm glad you're here today. And for two reasons. I mean, one, you're going to get an awesome breakfast in just a few minutes. And some of you are going, that's the only reason we came. And that's okay. That's okay, because we feed you that long enough, you'll, you'll buy into the other food we're going to give you. But, but we're going to do breakfast, and it's going to be awesome. These guys and ladies have been in there working, getting it ready for you. It, it's just it's amazing. People come together. Have you ever noticed you don't have many conversations sitting in these chairs with your neighbor? Have you noticed that? You're not talking, right? Thank you, by the way. But you're not having conversation. But when you go out of here and you sit down and you start enjoying breakfast and some scrambled eggs and some bacon, so the, 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 the walls break down and you start talking. And you develop relationships that you, you just don't develop. And this is awesome. This isn't really, well, it is the place. But, but you can't have those conversations. So that's why we do things like that. You're going to go out there and you'll start developing these relationships. So that's, that's the other. I'm excited you're doing that. But I've also, I've got something really exciting for you today. I, I hope I've got something pretty exciting every week. But today, today to me, this one's special. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you're here because here's why. And again, I hope this is always the case. But this one's special. But then I'll tell you this. If you're here today. And there may be somebody in the room that's not a follower, not a believer in Jesus Christ. I've got something special for you. I really do. And, and, and if you're here today and you, you're not a follower, you don't believe what we believe, let me tell you, we're excited you're here. We really are. That's one of the reasons we built this thing. So people that don't have a relationship with Christ can walk in comfortably. Acts 15, 19 said, make it easy for them to come. So we want you to be able to walk in. So we're excited about that. If you're here today and you don't agree with me, man, you don't know how glad I am you're here. And, I, and you can try me on that. I'm thrilled. Now, you eat all the bacon and I don't get any. I won't like you so much, but that's okay. I'm still glad you're here. So if you're, if you're, if you're here today and you're not a follower, if you're just curious or you're seeking, we're glad you're here. I would encourage you to come back, but we're, we're thrilled you're here. Listen, if you're here today, maybe there's somebody here today, and, and I look around and there's a lot of people that fall in this category. You may have been hurt by a church at some point. Because uh, we know that that's happened just time and time and time again. Some of it's legitimate. Some people are truly hurt by the church. Sometimes it's our mindset that we, and one of the things I love is people, a lot of people are looking for the perfect church. Let me tell you what's going to happen when you find the perfect church. Number one, it's going to be empty. 
You can figure that one out. That'll hit you in a little bit. And number two, if you walk in and sit down, it's no longer perfect. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to resonate now. Somebody going, wait, you saying I'm, no, you're not perfect. We're broken people. So if you've been hurt by a church, I, I, before this is over, I'm going to kind of tell you if you were truly hurt by the church, why you were probably hurt by the church. And I'll tell you how I think we can start fixing it. I really do believe that. Now, this is my take, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And, but now there are those of you who are sitting here, but Mark, I've been following Christ, and I'm sold out, and I'm, I'm in, and, and I'm going to let go of the chair today and volunteer to do something. Then listen, you need to stay around, too, because I've got some really good news for you. And I know a lot of people that follow Christ that are in need of some really good news. Because even followers have heartache and have troubles and trials and tribulations, and we're in need of good news. I've come to the conclusion that if you're breathing, we're in the need of good news. We're in the need of good news. And today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something I think is just, uh, it's the best of news. And it applies to each and every one of us. It's something that we've kind of messed up along the way, but it's something we can get better at, and it's something that we, we really need to do. Let me, let me start. I'm going to just give you a statistic real quick that Matt shared two weeks ago when he taught. I brought it up again last week because it's kind of fueled me on where I'm at la- right now. Is, is if, especially if you have millennial-age children. Uh, 82% of our children, millennial age children, don't believe that Jesus is relevant to their life. Did you hear me? 82%. 82%. That's 82 out of 100 kids in our high schools today. If that catches millennials, and I'm not yet would, they don't think Jesus is relevant to their life. We've got a problem, guys. We've got a problem. So I'm going to pick up. You didn't have to be here last week. I just want to share a few things with you that we talked about last week to kind of get this on track because we've got to start correcting some of this. And, and, and this, is, this ties into this good news. The first thing I talked about last week is we, we've got to get Jesus back in his proper place. And, and we, we botched that a little bit in the local church, I think. I know we have. I've seen what's happening. I see what's happening in the local churches today. And if Jesus is in his proper place, the church will prosper. He talks about it. But this is what I shared with you last week if you were here. And if you weren't, it's okay. I'm Matthew recorded something that Jesus said. And I am so thankful these guys were diligent about recording and documenting Jesus' ministry here on earth. Because we don't need to look any further than the ministry of Jesus to find out where we should be, where we should be and what we should be doing. If we'll follow the ministry of Jesus, guess what? We're on the right track. And I, I encouraged you last week, if you don't have a red-letter Bible, you need to get one and you need to read the words of Jesus. And it'll get you on the right track. But this is, this is one of the things Matthew recorded. Jesus said, and this was last week. Some of you are going, well, why are you repeating it? I'll get there. This is what Jesus said. He said in Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24, Therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. we got to put that in perspective. What Christ is saying is, hey, there's some things more important than sitting in these chairs. I don't care if you're at the altar offering your gift. If something, if you remember that you've hurt a friend or a brother or a coworker, you need to stop what you're doing at the altar in the church, and you need to go be reconciled. You need to go seek and, and, and repair. That's huge because I've watched the church in my life, and we're not real good at that. We want you to, to get right, not us. We want you fixed. Not, we're good. You're messed up. But Jesus said, no, I want you to stop. If you've hurt somebody, you need, if you're a follower, you need to stop what you're doing. I don't care if you're at the altar. And you need to go fix it. Period. That's powerful. And it's strong. But to me, it kind of sets up where I went next and where we're going to go today. It starts simplifying this gospel because I've grown up in the time it was so difficult I couldn't grasp it. I've, 
I've read this thing through and through and through. I've gone to college. I've gone to seminary. I've got some education. I'm not real smart, but I've got some education. And it was so complicated, I couldn't grasp it when I was a kid. I mean, I heard all these rules and all these regulations. And I'm thinking, man, I just, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. But then I started reading it for myself and with, with an open mind, and it started making sense, and it really speaks to how simple it is. And that's kind of where we're going to build on today is, is, is three things. Is one, the simplicity of the gospel. I don't know if it can get any more simpler than stop what you're doing and go fix the problems with your friends. That's pretty simple. It speaks to the simplicity of the gospel. It speaks to the importance, and this is where we're really going, it speaks to the importance of love. L-O-V-E is the most underappreciated word in the Bible, and most people tell you we way overdo it. No, we don't do enough. It speaks to the importance of love and the responsibility of those who claim to follow Christ. So that's really, to me, that's how simple this is, and that's, that's what I want to speak to today, is the simplicity of the gospel, the importance of, of love, and the responsibility you and I have. If you're here today and you claim to be a follower, we have a responsibility, and it really ties right back into love, because I think the first thing that, or this, the thing that Matthew recorded when he says, listen, I, Jesus has got this, by the way. He's got it. He said, I want you to stop. I want you to go be reconciled with your friends. Now, some of you, are, he's, listen, that's what he said. He said, if you're at the altar... I want you to stop, get up, go, go do what you need to do, then come back. But come back, and listen, you're going to come back with a burden, a load lifted off your shoulder. It's amazing. And then if you were with us again, I, I shared this with you. And this just keeps building and piling on to the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus, and again, this is, this is, this is John recorded this. I'm so thankful these guys recorded this stuff because it, it just makes it so easy for me to grasp. But John recorded something that Jesus said, and this, this, was, this was huge. This was the game changer. Like I said last week, my wife bought me a pillow because I say that so many times. She bought me a pillow that says game changer. But this changes everything. And this is what John recorded Jesus saying in, in chapter 13, verse 34. Please hear me on this. This is the simplicity of the gospel. A new command I give you. Love one another. Do you get that? I, he just pulled the whole thing together with this one command. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Then he goes on. This was so cool because people ask me, well, how will they know if I'm a Christian? Well, Christian's not widely used in the Bible, but he says, listen, they'll know you're my disciple by the fact if you love one another. It goes all the way back to get up and go take care of your brother. You're starting to get the point. You start to see the simplicity of this, the simplicity of the gospel, the importance of love, and the obligation as followers of Christ that you and I have. And the obligation is this. It's right here. Jesus said, listen, a new command. Guess what that means? It's new and he's commanding it. Now, if Jesus says, I'm going to give you something new and I'm going to command it, guess what we ought to do with it? Do it. And he says, you need to love one another. You absolutely need to stop what you're doing and you need to love one another. Now, so, so what's the good news I'm talking about? What's this great news I'm talking about? Listen, this, this is so, so simple to me. Uh, and it really is, and yet we, we in the church have made this so difficult. But it, it's, it, it's, it, the good news is, listen, it's for followers. It's for you to hear today if you're a seeker. It's here today if you're just curious. It's, listen, let me tell you, it's for you today. This good news is for you today if you just came for breakfast. And there is no shame in that. There is no shame. If you just came because you thought, listen, I need a meal. If, listen, if you're that person, this is really for you. I mean, this really, this will solidify why we think you should be here. 
This, this good news, it covers a multitude of things. And, and it's, it's, it's something in my life I've seen. Everybody desires this. Everybody. If you're here today, this is something you desire. Every one of us. Every one of us. And I, I, I look around and I think, God, I, I'm so sorry because we haven't modeled this, I guess. When 82% of our children don't think that Christ is relevant, we haven't modeled this because it's what Christ said. It's what he's given us. But it's, it's simply this, is everyone here desires to be loved. Everyone. There's not a person in this room, if you're honest, you can't tell me, you're, you, I want everybody to hate me. I'm the big tough guy. There's nobody in here. I've never met a person that doesn't desire to be loved. And, and listen, I, so I'm here to tell you, that here's the good news. Here's the good news. I, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm going to go ahead and give you the good news. I can't wait because this is good news. You're loved. You're loved. If you're here today, you're loved. And somebody's going, but Mark, I don't believe what you believe. I don't care. You're loved. Jesus said, love, love. I give you a new command. Pretty powerful. A new command I give you, love one another. Now, some of my religious, legalistic friends are going to say, well, he's talking about believers. Then, then he also said early on when, he, when the Pharisees were challenging him, he said, what's the greatest command? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You remember that? And then what did he say next? But this one is the same. It's just as important, but I can't say both of them at the same time. So the same one's, and love your neighbor. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, some of you have neighbors that aren't believers, so let me tell you something. If you're here today, whether you're a believer, whether you're seeking, whether you're a follower of Christ, whether you're just hungry, you are loved. You are loved. You, you're loved. That's good news. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've never met anybody that didn't want to feel loved. Hmm. Now, I, in reading this thing, the neighbor thing has no exclusions either just doesn't the neighbor thing has no exclusions let me tell you why that's tough i'm gonna use me as an example i'm pretty easy to love some of you would disagree with that i get that and man you laughed way too quick on that one i got some work to do you're let me rewrite then you're pretty easy to love i look out i look out at this crowd looks like we we, we all come from kind of the same background pretty easy to love each other Pretty easy to love each other. He said, love your neighbor. I don't know what your neighbors look like, but I can tell you this. Some of them don't look like us. Some of them have a history. Somebody in here has a history, has a background. We all do. Some's better than others. Some of us, some of us grew up in a different culture. Some, some of us dress differently. Some of us wear our hair differently. Some, some of us. Yeah, Ron, you don't have any hair to wear. I'm sorry, man. That's the style. So listen, there, there's lots of different ways we can look and be. But, but he says you need to love each other. And I believe that's what the period we need to learn to love each other. It, 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 it's tough when they don't look like us. They don't believe what we, we... We get offended. Well, I don't believe in God. Why is that offensive? It should be heartbreaking. I get that. That's not offensive to me. That tells me I have job security. Let me tell you why I think you should believe in God is the response. Can I share what he's done in my life? That's the response, not offense, because if you're offended, guess what just happened? You didn't love them. You offended them. Huge difference. You see why the church is, I think one of the problems with the church today is we've been in the business of offending and not loving, and that's going to upset a lot of people. I get that. But if, if that's not the case, then why are our doors swung open and they're empty for the most part? Because if we were in the business of what Christ called us to do, which is loving, then I think our seats start filling up. People want to be 
loved. They, they just do. They want to be loved. Now, you're loved if you're here today. But, but the system isn't foolproof. I get that. The system isn't foolproof. Somebody's going, well, why would you say that? Jesus taught it is foolproof. No, the system's not foolproof. And here's why it's not foolproof. Because at this point, what I'm talking about right now, it involves you and I. We're front and center. As followers, I'm talking to you followers now. If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, then we have a responsibility to love each other. If you're not a follower of Christ, you don't play by the same rules I do. You can hate me, and that's okay. I still love you. People say, this is really getting confusing. No, if you don't have this, then you don't have the same commands I have. And the command I have is a new command I give you, love one another. If you don't have this, then you don't have that command. This is not confusing, and it is really simple. So our job is to out-love as followers. Real simple. Real simple. Now, let, let, me, let me tell you something, because somebody's going to challenge me on this. Well, how can you love a sinner, a person that's broken? Well, I was that guy. And I hate to break your heart, so will you. Because the Bible teaches, it goes back to Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, sin came into the world, so we were all born into sin. We were all broken. We were all that per person. So it really, if you can't love that person, then you can't love yourself. Now, here's where i got to help you a little bit, because this is what, what somebody's going to struggle with. But you're, you're advocating a sinful lifestyle. No, 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 don't miss this. Don't, don't, don't confuse the two. Don't confuse loving you with endorsing sin. That's not what this is about. This is about, this is about loving you in spite of your broken life. Because I can tell you a guy that did that, his name was Jesus. We'll get to that in a minute. So this, don't, don't come up to me and say, Mark, well, you're endorsing sinful lifestyle. No, I'm endorsing what Jesus said. He said, I give you a new command to love one another in spite of our lifestyles. And I can give you some, some support why I believe that, and I think that way. But, but now this, this really, I'm telling you, this is where we start really getting into the good stuff here. And it really, really comes together. Because some of you are going, well, I don't think, I don't think as followers. Some of you may be going, I don't think followers keep their end of the deal. And some of us followers don't keep our end of the deal. How many, don't, don't, please don't raise your hands, but how many of you have violated love one another? How many of you violated that? Don't raise your hands. I know the answer, by the way. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Shoot me, fire me, whatever. I'm guilty. I'm, but I'm honest. I'm honest. I'm trying, and I'm trying to learn, and I'm trying to model. But, but sometimes, sometimes we, we as followers don't keep up our end of the deal. We don't do it. We don't. I'm going to guess there's been people that walk through these doors of our church that didn't feel loved. That breaks my heart. And we try every week, we sit down and try to work and figure out better ways to do that, to make people feel loved and cared for. And I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you've got. Somebody asked me about a dress around here. I said, we have a dress code. You need to have clothes on. And beyond that, we'll get you some clothes. But we want you to come in our doors. And it's important. We, that's what we want. But, but sometimes we believers don't keep up uh, the, our end of the deal. And, and listen, you'd be right if you said that. We don't always keep up our end of the deal. We're, we're broken people. We're not perfect. But I've, I'm telling you, I got something that trumps that. I got some really big news. Because the guy that, <laughs> that you're loved, you're loved by the guy that not has to keep the deal. You're loved by the guy that made the deal. Yeah, hallelujah. hallelujah. You, you, let me tell you something. You are loved. You are loved by God and His Son, Jesus Christ. You're loved by the deal makers, not the ones that, that execute the deal. So if all else fails, if we blow it, and, and I'm going to be honest. I, guys, I think we've made a habit out of blowing this. 
I'm telling you, if you walked in here today and, and you didn't feel welcomed and loved, then we've failed. In, in, in my world, and as I understand this gospel, if we didn't make you feel welcomed and, we, and or we don't make you feel welcome and you don't feel loved, now you, you don't have to get all gushy and mushy about it, but, but you should feel welcomed and we should grow in that relationship. But if we didn't do that, then, then we failed. But I'm, I promise you the one who made the deal will not let you down. You were loved, you are loved, and you will always be loved. And I hear this so many times, but, Ma but Mark, you don't know what I've done. I, I can't be loved. I, I can't be loved. I, I do. I hear that all the time. It breaks my heart. And no one can love me. I'm broken. I've done this, and I've done that, and I had this history, and I had this past. And I'm, I'm mean. I'm mean. You're still loved, and I'll give you the proof for it. You're still loved. You need to change your habits, maybe, I get that. But, but you, you, you can be and you are loved. It, listen, this, this love isn't an endorsement of those bad habits. It's just an acknowledgement of that, hey, we're broken people, and Christ called us to love one another. I'm telling you, this, guys, this, this, this simplifies this whole book. This kind of tell you, and that's what Jesus said, a new command I'm giving it. There's a lot of writings in here. 31,103 scriptures in total, I think, is right. And he breaks it down and says, I give you a new command. I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. You know, you, listen, <laughs> there's a Democrat in here and there's a Republican somewhere. I don't care. I don't even care that you don't believe that politics, listen, politics is not going to fix you. Jesus is the answer. And he said, love one another. There's some guys in Congress right now that need to hear this message, I do believe. Now, I'm a simple-minded person, and they would say, we don't need anything you've got to say. You don't need what i got to say. You need what Jesus said. That, that's free, by the way. This, this is crazy. But listen, th this, 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 this package deal, this love one another, is for everybody. And I don't really care what you've done, what, what your past has in it. And I'll, I'll give you a good biblical example of that, why I can make that case strong. There's a guy named Paul. There's a guy named Paul in the, in the, in the, that wrote a lot of this New Testament thing. He wrote a lot of it. If you don't know much about Paul, let me tell you about Paul. Paul hated it was called the way back then. Paul hated what we know as the church. Paul hated Jesus' followers. Let's, let's do it that way. Paul absolutely hated Jesus' followers. You know what Paul's goal was? To eradicate Jesus' followers. He went, he went to the courts. He did everything he could to persecute and have killed if that's what it took. But he wanted to stop this movement of followers who were following Jesus. And he would go to any means to do it. So you want to talk about a guy that he talks about his, his resume as a, as a Jew. He's got a resume. He, th th any way you slice it and dice it, Paul was a bad guy. Paul was a bad guy. And if there's anybody that Christ shouldn't and couldn't love, Paul would qualify. Paul would qualify. I mean, it, come on, you, you got to track with me on this. This was a bad guy. He was killing the followers of Christ. He was dragging them in. He was having them persecuted. He would have them locked up. He would do whatever it took to stop the movement. Guess what? He failed. We're here today. You won't stop this movement. Even with our inactions, we won't stop this movement. It will not happen. But Paul, Paul of all people, if he can speak to if anybody can speak to it, it's Paul. And yet this is what Paul had to say about this. This, this, is, this is huge. Now, you, listen, you've got to grasp what I just said. Paul was a bad guy till he found Christ. Two, two things there you can take away from that, till he found Christ. Because listen to what he says in Romans 5, verse 6 through 8. You see, 
at just the right time when we were still powerless. Christ died. Listen to this very carefully. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. Listen to this. But God demonstrated his own love for you and I in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you get that? Now, this is coming from the guy. What did I just say about Paul? This was a vile man. He knows what it means that Christ died for sinners. Paul was the sinner of sinners. And yet, he's, this is powerful. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us. God loves you. If you're here today, if I let my end of the deal down, you are loved by God. And if there's no other love, that's all we need. Sorry. If I'm loved by God, that's all I need. See, sometimes that gets us in trouble. I think it's got church in trouble. I'm so, I'm so busy trying to seek your love that I forgot about God's love. And something, I finally grasped this. It took me a while in ministry because I, you, it, you guys can be hard. Standing up, you guys can be hard. Matt and I have learned this. If I, try to, uh, get, if I try to get your approval, then I may have upset you. And, and by, I learned something. There's one person's approval I want, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Because if I've got his approval, then I'm on the right track. And I love that. Paul says, listen, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ loves, God loves, he sent his son to die for broken people. Doesn't this just, I mean, doesn't it just come together? It just, it just perfectly comes together. Listen, here's what I, when I really start thinking about this, this is where it really makes me step back a little bit when I think about what we're talking about here. We're, think, we're talking about God. God loves you and I. Do, do you grasp the power? God loves you. Think about the concept of God. Think about the concept of God. He created, he created the tree that created this little piece of paper. That's the God I'm talking about. That's the God. He, <laughs> I got a little dog. Y'all heard me talk about my little dog. But he created animals. This is the God that we're talking about. He created, he created little animals. He created the, 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 the dirt this building is built on. It's called the planet. It's called the universe. He created the Milky Way. Not the candy bar. Maybe so. Maybe so. He created the galaxies. He, this, is, this is amazing. He, I'm, I'm talking about the power of this God to create anything and everything. If you're here today, you're part of his creation. Do, do you understand that? This is, we need to grasp it. You are part of his creation. You, he created us. And yet, in the midst of this busy schedule, and by the way, the Old Testament says that was the works of his fingertips. Didn't get him, keep him too busy. He took time to stop and love each and every one of us. Did, did you get that? That's powerful. This, this creator, this almighty creator, took time. He stopped and, and, and said, I, I, I love you. And I love you so much. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my son. And it, it gets even, it just, it just builds on that when you start thinking about the love that God and Jesus has for you and I. But this is, a, this is listen guys, this is a radical love. He, he tells us to love each other. We got, we got, this baseline's high. This is a radical love. I mean, Paul said it. Most people, most people won't die for a righteous man. A few may for a, for a good person, but not many. And, and God sent his son 
This is radical love. God sent His Son who died for what? Not good, not righteous, broken people. And then He tells us, He said, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to learn to love each other. I just want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to learn to love one another. New command I give you, love one another. We, we, I'm, I just believe this, guys. We, we've, we've botched it. But this, this is a radical love we're talking about. I'll tell you something else that's pretty crazy about it. It's a sacrificial love. It's sacrificial. Paul said, he said, listen, most people won't die for, for a righteous man. God sent his son. Sacrificial. God sent his son to die for a broken man. And somebody's going to say, well, why can you, how do you say that? Well, I didn't say it. John recorded Jesus saying it. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. For whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Sacrificial love. Jesus said, listen, it, this is hard. I get this. I say it's simple, but it's hard. He says, now I want you to love one another. And his model is this radical love. Hey, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't like what you're doing, but man, I still love you. I, you need to change this, but I still love you. Come on in, church. We love you. We want you to come in. We want you to be a part of the body. We want you to feel loved because that's the model God sent us. Like it or not, you don't get to make the rules. I kind of like them because I'm telling you, the 12, the big, the, the big uh, 10 commandments, and then there's 600 plus more on top of that. I can't remember the 10, much less the 600. I don't know when I violated them and didn't. I got this one. Love one another. The, the church needs to adapt that. Man, wouldn't that be amazing if churches just started opening their doors with, hey, we just love you. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't believe. Hey, man, sit down. We'll have breakfast in a minute. Glad you're here. Just show some love. It's amazing. <laughs> Listen, you may not start off with this radical love. I get that. Maybe you just need to start. To, hey, listen, maybe you need to try it at home. Maybe it needs to start at home. 82% of our kids, this would be my kids, don't think Jesus is relevant and Jesus is love. So guess what we obviously haven't done a real good job of is teaching love because I can tell you what my age group did a good job of. We went to church. I said it last week. We were so busy going to church, we just forgot to be the church. And the church is Jesus, and Jesus said, I want you to love one another. Y'all might not get so excited about that. I do. It's pretty pumped. Somebody's going, I just want breakfast. I got that, man. I love you. I'm going to get you out there in just a minute. I'm going to get you out there. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something as we wrap this up. This is where this gets tough. Uh, I started thinking about it. And if, if we're not loving each other, if we can't do that, then, then guess what? If you came here today, and, I, and we'll put this on the screen. If you came here today, I want you to think about this. Because this is true. If you're here today and you don't feel loved, we aren't modeling Christ. Oh, did you get that? Listen, believers, if, if somebody walked in this door today and they don't feel loved, then you don't look very much like Christ today. If you're here, And if you're here today, Listen, and if you're a believer and you don't feel loved, then guess what? We're not modeling Christ. I, I think this is huge. If you're here today and you don't feel loved, then we failed. We failed. But Mark, they're sinners. They're loved sinners. Guess what? I'm a sinner. And I read the book. I'm loved. 
I'm blessed. I'm loved by some other people. My mom still loves me in spite of myself. Jesus loves me. God loves me. My wife loves me on every other day. Uh, we getting it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but it's amazing. But listen, if, if, if someone can walk through that door, I'm being serious. If they can walk through this door and walk back out of that door and they walk out here and say, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel or sense that I was cared for or I was loved for, then we didn't model Christ today. Read it. Read it. Pick it up. Read his words. Try me on it. I, I want you to. Maybe somebody will give me some good material. Try me on it. Are we going to model Christ? Because if we model Christ, he listen, goes all the way back to where I started. He said, I don't really care what you're doing at the altar. Did you get that? Because, I, because 82% of our kids didn't care what we were doing at the altar. They don't think Jesus is relevant. We dropped the ball. We got a lot of work to do. And we do it by just doing the simple part of the gospel. Hard as it may be, it's still simple. It's a simple concept. He says, I want you to love one another. Don't, don't get into the baggage. You don't have the right to make the judgments that they have did this wrong and they've done this wrong. I want you to start with the simplest of concepts, and it's called love. It's called love. And, and man, in mine, and Matt and I see this all the time. When people come to us having problems, I, I think 99% of the time it, it spills back into they need the need to be loved. It, 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 it shows up in a lot of different ways. It could be finance. It could be uh, infidelity. It could be lots of things. But when you really start funneling it down, you'll find out it boils, back, boils down to love. Everybody in this room wants to be loved. And, and the good news, the great news, the best news, the, the news on steroids times 20,000 is you are loved by your heavenly Father. You're loved. Now, followers, we've got a job to do. We have an obligation. The Bible speaks, it speaks to the simplicity of the gospel. It speaks to what we're called to do, and that's to share love. I think it's the most important thing. I hear people say, well, you Christians overemphasize it. No, we've overemphasized it because we underemphasized it. Because love is where it all starts. Love's where it all stops. We've got to grasp this, guys. I can't, listen, I told you last week, uh, Bono said that uh, every generation has this massive moral blind spot. We won't see it, but our kids will. Can you imagine if 82% of millennials... That, that, believe that Jesus is not relevant, what the blind spot's going to be in their children's life. I can tell you what it's going to be right now. Write my words down on this. I won't be here to hear if I'm right or wrong, but I will be correct on this if we don't fix it. They will have no concept. Listen to me. No concept. If Jesus is irrelevant, then there's no guidelines for love. There's no guidelines for love. Without Jesus, there is absolutely no baseline for love. He said it. His rules. We need to get busy. And you guys want breakfast. Because I love you, we're going to let you out of here so you can eat breakfast. But I want you—I really—I hope this—I hope this rattles you. I hope this rattles you, because as the church, and we're going to strive, and we are—you guys are amazing. We're going to—we're going to make this. uh, It's kind of our 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 battle call, battle cry, is we're just going to try to love more and more and more. We're going to Acts 15, 19, we're going to make it as easy as we can for people to come in. That's what, that's what they said, guys. Gentiles, this is what we want. This, Jews, this is what we want you to do. We want you to make it easy for them to come in. And, and we'll start by just loving people right where they're at. Right where they're at. So if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to start this at home. I'm telling you. Maybe you need to go back and, and, and learn to, to love at home. Maybe that's the starting ground. 
Listen, I, I know what happens in marriage. Maybe that's the starting ground. If we'll start it at home, if we'll practice it in our homes, if we'll love our spouse, if we'll learn to love our kids, we'll see some change right then. And if our kids take it out and say, there's a change in my house and I, the change is Jesus, then guess what? Jesus now starts to become relevant again. So maybe, maybe followers, we need to practice this in our homes. Maybe you need to practice it in your workplace. Maybe you need to practice it. I'm working on this one in Walmart's checkout line. I'm working on that one, I promise you. We need to practice it everywhere we go. Jesus said, love your neighbor. If you're here today and you're just, you're just curious, I hope this makes a little sense. But I can tell you, if you're here today, you just came for breakfast and you said, I, I don't buy into any of this. Let me tell you the good news. You're loved. But Mark, they don't have Christ. Did you hear what he said? He sent his son while we were yet still sinners. You're loved. You can't walk out of here and say you're not loved. Now, you, they, we may not do our job. God did his job. He sent his son who died on the cross for you. You are loved. Period. Now, we need to do our job. We need to be the manifestation of that here on earth. You're loved. But maybe there's somebody here today, and they're, they're, they're saying, I got it. I just don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. Well, then the thing you need to do is you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and we believe what the Bible says, that if you'll just confess your sins, if you'll just call out to God, it's a prayer is what it is. I mean, just call on His name. You can do it right now. Father, I am a sinner. I am broken. I, I, have, I have a mess in my life. I don't know what love is. Today, I understand that your son is love. He died for me. I understand that. I yield to you. I relent to you as the Lord and Savior of my life. I come to you, Father. I give it all to you. The price was paid on the cross. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Welcome to the kingdom. People say, it can't be that easy. Did you get what I just said? Love one another. Guess what? God, Son, died, love one another. For God so loved the world that whosoever should believe. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Pretty powerful. It's a game changer is what it is game changer so take this out wrestle with it a little bit you got questions grab me or Matt we'd love to talk about it but but guys this is this is what we're called to do we got to learn to love one another let's pray father thank you thank you that we can come together today thank you that that you've given us this, this simple command hard as it is it's so simple to love one another your, 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 our, our Heavenly Father's love was, was radical and it was sacrificial. And you just said, I just want you to love one another. And if we'll just start at, at ground zero and start building, Father, I think we'll, we'll see a tide turn. Instead of 82% of our kids saying that Jesus is not relevant, they'll be knocking down the door saying, we want to see the relevant Jesus. We want to hear what He had to say. We want to understand His teachings. We want to feel His love. So today, just, just empower us as we go out. And before we go out of this building... Father, I just pray if there's anyone here today that, that, that doesn't feel loved, that we can talk, that we can meet, that, they'll, that somebody will make their presence, will, will come in contact with them to share and show love because everybody wants to be loved, Father. So thank you that you modeled it. Thank you that you shared it. Thank you that we're the recipients of your almighty and, and radical sacrificial love, Father. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. For these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. Oh,